This week on the Sound On Sight Walking Dead podcast, we're talking about the season five mid-season finale, Coda, written by Angela Kang and directed by Ernest Dickerson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Sound On Sight Walking Dead podcast. This is Kate Kulzik, TV editor of SoundOnSight.org, and I'm joined as ever by my wonderful co-host, our editor-in-chief, general editor, all of that good stuff, Mr. Ricky D. Ricky, how's it going? I'm okay, Kate. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm kind of really sick. I always get sick when it comes to mid-season finale, but I'll survive. <laughs> that, that, I wonder if there's a theme here. We've been really positive on the season as a whole, but I, I did see some of your tweets. So either uh, there's a theme there, Ricky, or you are messing with me on Twitter. Both are equally possible. Before I get your answer, though, I want to introduce our, our guest this week. Joining us, uh, he's the culture editor at Vox and, of course, uh, co-host of the te- Television on the Internet podcast, currently on hiatus, but soon to return, I am told, is Mr. Todd Vanderwerf. Todd, welcome back. Hi, Kate, and hello, Ricky. So, as we always say uh, here at the Walking Dead podcast, I want to say Walking Dead podcast, we'll have no spoilers for future episodes of The Walking Dead. It's less of an issue uh, in the mid-season finale, but we'll keep our discussion to just the episode uh, that we're reviewing as well as what's come so far, and we'll keep the comics out of it. Um, I Again, like I always say, I've not read the comics. Uh, Todd, have you read any of The Walking Dead comics? Um, I got through seven or eight volumes before it just became too oppressively grim. Um, like if if you think this show is grim, the comics are even more so. And uh, Ricky, are you still up to date? Up to date. It's uh, been a bit more optimistic, and uh, it's actually kind of good. It's actually I just submitted my list of top ten comics for the year, and The Walking Dead made it on the number ten spot, I think. So yeah. That's an interesting um, j- uh, jumping off point for us because, Todd, I noticed over at Vox today you had an article saying that The Walking Dead uh, is one of the best shows of the year. And I wonder if for you an uptick in optimism over the course of the season might be part of, of that or if that's just purely incidental. Um, I've been feeling this show a lot more since the start of the year. Like like since they ended the arc at the prison last year – and this year when they started doing their weird short story thing, like I've, I've been much more into it. I think it's an interesting structure for the show to try. I'm really impressed by what they've been doing. Um, and when I was – I don't make a traditional top ten list anymore. I, I just do one for sort of this hit fix poll. And when I sat down to make it and I was like just sort of filling in my top ten shows off the top of my head, like Walking Dead was involved in that mix. And I was sort of impressed by that because I've been very much a skeptic of this show before. Well, how does this episode in particular rate for you in in this the context of this half season as well as this new approach to the show this year? Oh, I thought this episode was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> like uh, compared to what the show, the, the heights the show's been hitting uh, in the first last half of season four and the first half of season five, this mid-season finale was kind of bland and kind of boring, and it just kind of sat there. And there were some interesting moments and interesting things in it. 
But I, I felt like I feel like the show's big problem is still what to do when it has the entire cast together. And that's going to be what really sees if this like revival takes hold and takes root in 2015 or if it sort of dies off like every other time I've been hopeful about this show hitting another gear. Um, so that will be really interesting to watch going forward because they inevitably have to make it more of an ensemble show. They can't forever be splitting the cast up. Yeah, I'd like to see them try and just get to the the you know the point where they just kind of turn to the camera and say, hey, "The show works better when we do this, right, guys?" I feel like that could be entertaining. But uh, before we get into um, op- uh, predictions for the future, uh, Ricky, what did you think of this episode? Are you with Todd? Yeah, it's a pretty bad episode. It's a bit of a mixed bag. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's able to wrap everything up nicely for the first half of the season, and it sends our heroes packing and back on the road, but. Ah, man, it's such a mess. Like, put aside the final scene, but Daryl and Rick, for example, in last week's episode, they have sort of like a disagreement over extreme measures. This week, like, they don't even think or mention uh, the fact that Rick just straight up cold-bloodedly kills one of the cops. Um, Then we have, like, Therese and Sasha on the rooftop, and Therese admits that he let Martin live, and that could be the reason why Bob died. But there's no follow through like there's so many things wrong with this episode. Uh, So, yeah, I'm not a big fan. And I think the thing about The Walking Dead is they always seem to start the season well. And then by the time we get to the midseason finale, we are always disappointed. You know, last year, if I'm not mistaken, it's last year was when they introduced the governor. Right. He Mm -hmm. came back right before the midseason break. Um, yeah, that was a big, huge mess. And then it picks up again and it ends well. It always seems to end well, the season, but the mid-season finale is always problematic, at least for me. And I'm wondering if the structure of splitting up the show in half, like having that mid-season break, could be the reason why they struggle because they always seem to feel the need to have a big moment at the mid-season finale. Like they always seem to feel the need to wrap up whatever little storylines have taken place for the first like eight or seven episodes and um yeah so it just did not work for me like the pacing of this episode is just all over the place and one of the things they've done really well throughout the season like todd said is they've had a good structure and they've had really good pacing but it just seems that anything that scott m gimple and his his team have learned over the past say like 12 episodes it's like they forgot what they did so well and so yeah it's just it's such a hot mess. Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys on this one. Uh, I was hoping maybe somebody would have liked it so we could have a more <laughs> animated discussion maybe. But no, this was a definitely the weak point of season 5 so far. Like it's not even close for me. Um and aside from the stuff you guys have already mentioned, I really was um I, I, there are several moments in this episode where I just was frustrated watching it. There, I was rolling my eyes. Uh, we get that with with Gabriel, uh, Father Gabriel, where of course they have to do the direct, exact callback to what he had done. It's like we couldn't just nod to it or re- reference it, but we had to put him in the literal, exact situation that he was in when he was inside the church, um, and and then he leaves so that he can get his foot stabbed and bring a bunch of walkers with him so that they can have a reason that the the church gets overrun. And and the worst part for me with that is that 
they get they escape they come back out they're standing outside the church and for a moment and they said they're not running for a moment i was optimistic was like oh are they gonna go in and have like michonne and carl systematic systematically now that they have a better vantage point there's like the the the, the doorway to the church which will funnel the the walkers in they can take them out are they gonna do that that would be really interesting and something other than what they've done in the past but then no, they just, again, they get to the end of a mid-season finale, so we, whatever location we've been at, it's time to abandon that and move to the next thing. Um, and while the show has certainly functioned better with the characters on the road than in a location, the contrivance of the, of Father Gabriel like leaving only to come right back, I mean, that really was frustrating to me. Yeah, which is why you should be writing the show, Kate, because last week you pitched the most brilliant idea like you, you, you thought that the zombies would follow the, the trail of blood back to the church, and maybe not necessarily go under the floorboards, but maybe kick down the the front door or something, or find a way in, and and we would have Morgan appear and save the day and save Michonne, Judith, and Carl. But instead, it's like you said, we just get to see Gabriel in the same position he left his friends when the zombie apocalypse started. And I guess that's maybe an okay idea, but not necessarily the lead up. Like there was no reason for him to leave the church. Why did he go to the elementary school? He didn't know Gareth. He didn't know any of Gareth's friends. Like I'm not entirely sure what his purpose was. Like what was his mission? Yeah, he's not worked. That character's not worked for me pretty much at all, all season. Todd, has, has Father Gabriel worked for you at all this season? Um, I like Father Gabriel. I like, I, it feels like sort of a, part of the problem with the show is that it's, and I wouldn't call this a problem so much as what's interesting about what Scott Gimple is doing is he's revisiting stuff from earlier in the show that didn't really work and trying to make it work. And I think like Father Gabriel is sort of a spin on when Herschel was trying to like save zombies. Um, and that that's that's interesting to me. I always thought that was an interesting idea they never did very much with. Um, but it it really has done a poor job, I think, of putting us inside Father Gabriel's head because we have so many characters. Uh, but I, I feel like Gimple's main skill as a storyteller is isolating these characters from each other. And I think Father Gabriel's going to come into focus in the second half of the season, or at least I hope. Another moment that was frustrating for me watching this was, again, the... And, and, and because one of the things I've really enjoyed about this year or this season with The Walking Dead is the the purpose that Eugene's mission gave the show or at least a group of characters, even though, you know, early on on the podcast, Ricky, we were we were calling BS on him. But that that notion of a mission and of a goal for for Abraham and Eugene and the people with them has really helped the momentum of the show for me. And, and that newfound optimism as well has helped buoy some of the 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 oppressively dour elements of the show last week or the week before oh sorry i'm sorry it was like um three weeks before right we got eugene comes out with oh it's all bs that dashes the hope and then here they kill beth and i'm not really i was frustrated that they spent all that time and energy at the hospital only to kill beth and reassert the status quo um, with nope, there's no reason to to be hopeful or to feel like there's any anything worth living or you know gaining in this world. Um, so I was frustrated with that more than th what seems to be a re reassertion of that theme more than the death of Beth in particular. But also, only now having Maggie you know mention or react to her sister just in time to have you know a tragic reunion after she's dead. You know 
the handling of that really was uh, problematic for me. I guess I, I the Maggie thing I've always felt like with Beth gone for so long in this world, you'd probably assume she's dead. And like, maybe it's not realistic that she didn't have like a private moment to grieve her sister. But I, I found it really believable that she wasn't constantly asking, you know, where's Beth? What happened to Beth? Let's, let's go and find Beth. Um, and I guess I think I would really strongly disagree with the idea that the show is, is once again, grim for, for sort of being the sake of being grim. Um, I think that this half season and uh, the back half of season four have really imbued the show with a sense of optimism, I guess, in the sense of these characters being able to stay together and take on anything and like, like the relationships that have formed between them. Like I'm thinking of, uh, you know, Carol and Daryl or or Carol and and, uh, Tyrese, like these relationships that have really built up between them, that becoming a lot of the source of the optimism. And I certainly liked the Eugene uh, is going to save the world thing, but I also am glad they dispatched with it because it was clear he wasn't going to. So I feel like they're better at finding their optimism in sort of the traditional place, which is the connections between characters and and the relationships built therein. Hmm. The problem with those relationships you're speaking of is they really revolve around Carol. It's like Carol and Daryl, Carol and Therese, Carol and Beth. And I mean, Carol and Beth are, I think, the two characters to show significant growth over the course of the show's run. I mean, to some degree, Daryl also, he's a close third but, I mean, they're the two characters who we've seen really grow and change over the years. And the thing about Beth is she's also a beacon of hope. Like, she's all about hope and innocence. And if we recall, she tried to commit suicide and end her life way back in the second season. And ever since, she's grown into, like, a really strong character. She's uh, she's like a little spark of hope. And it's interesting how the season is so focused on hope, you know, going back to what Kate said about Eugene and the possibility of having a cure and how that is giving motivation for people like Abraham to keep keep on moving forward. And they kill Eugene's promise, like, uh, what was it, two episodes ago? And in this episode, they kill Beth. And and then we also get the scene in which Rick straight up kills the cop in cold blood. Like, I, I for me, it's like, I mean, it's funny. Last week we talked about this, Kate. I, I mentioned how I wasn't really entirely sure of uh, if I would consider Rick Grimes an actual good person anymore. Like, I kind of thought he was the kind of person that can straight up shoot someone in the head, and that's exactly what happens this week. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it's the thing that the problem with the, the – the, 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 I think the TV show is – it's so repetitive. And we've talked about this several times in the past. Like how many times are you going to remind us that the people are the real monsters? How many times are we going to hear the same kind of like conversations and monologues being spat out by different people, be it villains. And in this case, it's Don. Like I'm not a fan of this character, Don at all. In fact, I'm not a fan of the whole entire hospital. Now that this whole storyline is wrapped up, I kind of feel like it was all sort of like useless. It didn't push the show forward at all. And before we, I think that's an interesting thread, but before we go completely there, I do also want to mention the other person that has died this year or this, this half season is of course, Bob, the most optimistic and sunny person in the group as well. Um, But let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, I tend to be a proponent of if, 
the the moments or the, the episodes we spent with a character or with an arc were satisfying and entertaining and filled in the worldview of the show in some way than just because that character dies or or the building explodes or whatever uh, that doesn't mean that it was a waste of our time because the only characters like if if Noah ended up with the group or if the doctor any one person from that hospital ended up with the group, it would be very easy to say that's why we, you know, that time was completely justified, even just aside from enjoying, you know, getting to see Beth be proactive and this thing with the strawberries last week was fun and watching her come to terms with some of these other things. Um, But because we spent, you know, what would be different about the show if Beth had just been killed or had never come back? Is, and is that a problem? What do you, what do you think, Todd? I don't, uh, because I think that the show has essentially stopped being a serialized drama as we understand it, and is now like basically an anthology show set amid the zombie apocalypse with recurring characters. The show, I, I, like, I keep trying to think of a show to compare it to, because I think it's kind of turned into its own thing. But the the best I can come up with, like, is Doctor Who, where. Every episode is kind of its own thing, and sometimes they all add up to something more, and sometimes they don't. And you're not particularly bothered if they don't, if some of the standalones are really successful. And if, like, a standalone is kind of a dud, eh, you know, whatever, the next one maybe will be great. And I kind of feel that way about the episodes of The Walking Dead that aired in 2014. Um, Another good example, probably closer to what the show's going for, is something like The X-Files, where... Like the, the serialized aspects were there, yes, but were secondary to having the characters take on extraordinary situations ever on a weekly basis. Um, I, I, I guess I liked the hospital. I, it wasn't my favorite subplot ever. I think focusing the midseason finale on it was a mistake because it was not really suitably built up as like this other threat. But at the same time, I enjoyed seeing Beth in that environment. Um, I enjoyed sort of teasing out the rules of how it worked. I compared it to one of, like, the bad news Warrens in Watership Down in my, my Vox review. And, like, I liked that sort of mystery of, like, okay, what's really going on here? Um, and I also liked, you know, that at the end of the story, we saw that they've sort of learned they are not going to take their chances on a place that maybe seems safe but isn't actually. I, I agree with you, Kate, that, that them leaving the church seems sort of forced, but I liked that it ended with them not – I feel like that's sort of growth for them, the ensemble as a group as opposed to like any individual character. I think that's an interesting comparison, uh, Todd, to Doctor Who and to the X-Files, but of course – the glaring giant difference between those shows and this one is that those are shows that have two main characters, maybe three at a given time. And this is a show that has way too many to uh, really be successful with that format. And you'll notice the episodes of the show that are the best tend to boil down to two or three characters Mm -hmm. in a tightly controlled, basically a short story. Like, I like this new format, but as I said before, I, I, I have my doubts they can make it work for a mass ensemble cast, I think, as we saw in this finale. What do you think about that, Ricky? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this each and every single week since the season started. It, it's always better when they focus on less characters, totally. But um, I think the show is so ahead of its time that it doesn't really know how to tell the story that it needs to tell because no one has ever done a show quite like The Walking Dead previously. And I still have to give credit to the showrunner and the team of writers and the directors because 
for the most part, they do an excellent job. And we've raved about every single episode of the season so far up until tonight. Um, but the problem is, I mean, we got to eventually talk about this. The problem is the fact that they had to kill the character Beth. Now, the thing about Beth is when she died, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was crying. I was emotionally devastated. I thought, you know, it, it really hit me hard to the point where I was so incredibly angry at the episode and at the show writers for killing her character. Now, the reason why it worked for me is not because of the execution. It's not because of the writing, because like I said, I do think that this episode is a bit of a mess. It, the writing is kind of sloppy, but it's because I've grown to love her character so much that to see her die on screen so early on just totally upset me. So the impact I had is not because of this specific episode and what they did right. It's what they did right in the past, how they, they built her character leading up to this mid-season finale. But, I mean, what exactly was the purpose of her stabbing Dawn? I mean, like, I mean, if you think about it, I, I get it. But at the same time, I don't get it because she should be smarter. She should know that if she stabs Dawn, there's most likely going to be a shootout. And she's putting herself and her friends in danger. So I just didn't buy it. To me, it just it just didn't ring true. And so despite the fact that we get that fantastic performance and reaction shot from Norman Reedus and also from her sister, played by actress Lauren Cohan, um, yeah, they were amazing. And just the, the shot that we get of him carrying Beth out of the hospital was a, a tearjerker. But at the end of the day, like, it's all about the setup. It just didn't work. And so that is why I kind of just felt so angry at the end of the episode because I kind of felt like they wasted the show's third best character. And I'm not entirely sure why, just because they felt they needed to kill someone off because it's the mid-season finale. And last week, we talked about this. I mentioned every single one of the characters and why they wouldn't kill so-and-so. I decided that they weren't actually going to kill anybody. And for once, we're going to get a mid-season finale, like a, you know, one of these big episodes, and they're not actually going to kill anyone who's crucial or like one of the main characters to the, uh, the episode, to the, to the story. And no, they did. They killed off Beth. So it's kind of a little upset. Yeah, is there a reason to kill Beth here other than it's a mid-season finale and to be shocking? Because uh, no. cause I don't, I mean, I think they're trying to, to build up the, the you know, relationship with Beth and Dawn. They give them several scenes throughout the episode, but I don't, I really don't think they earned that decision from Beth. Like you said, if this was that was the other main contrivance for me along with with the church um it just i don't i didn't like i i assumed she was passing off the scissors to noah when she gave mm -hmm. him that hug or something and so to have then her just turn around and i'll just there's a bunch of loaded weapons in this hallway i'll just stab you now i mean that what, those were not that big of scissors i don't know what she th thought was going to happen and and the episode makes such a big point to set up a strong Beth and Dawn connection so that hopefully those final moments can resonate, but they just don't. It's not enough. And I'm actually surprised that you couldn't figure out that she was the one that was going to die at the end of the episode because of the title of the episode, Coda, given the fact that you're a musician. Oh, well, yeah, I'm, but I know I know what a coda is, but that's just the end. <laughs> that could be the end of the arc. It doesn't have to mean it's but the end of Beth. Specifically talking to music, and she's always the person that's playing music and they're singing in the background. Yeah, I suppose, but, you know, consumed, crossed coda, it, it, it fit in with their titling theme for me. Uh, Todd, what, what did you think about that sequence? Was it more successful for you than it was for us? Um... It was pretty, to me, it was pretty clearly set up to kill someone, and it seemed like it was set up to kill Beth. Actually, my thought when I was watching it was that they were, were going to close on some sort of firefight. Um, 
because I thought she was going to stab Dawn, and then the guns were going to start blazing, cut to black, possibly something happens with Morgan in the post-credits. Um, but, like, and I was right about one thing there. <laughs> um, but the the other thing that I, I, like, I liked what it was trying to do. I liked that it was showing that, like, sort of civilization is reestablishing itself even in the face of all this sort of grim death i i didn't really buy a lot of it i didn't buy beth stabbing dawn i I didn't buy that stuff but i will say this i I thought beth's death was effective in the moment like if you go with everything along the way there i thought it was sort of an effective statement of we can take this away from these characters but like some sort of rule of of law or some sort of rule of civilization is going to continue to pervade them. And I I felt like that's what they were trying to say. But also I don't particularly find Beth a very good character. I I don't find her very interesting or or fascinating. So I guess I was less upset by her death. Like I I saw how schematic it was and how they were trying to make me think a certain thing. Uh, But I sort of liked that they were going there anyway. I think the other reason I was frustrated by it, aside from the execution or these these issues that we've already talked about, is that now I feel like we're going to have to spend a certain number of episodes at the start of next year, the second half of the of the season, with everybody mourning Beth and being depressed again. And I feel like I've seen these characters in that mode so frequently. They're they're more interesting when they are less shell-shocked when there's some humor when we have uh you know michonne art critic or or carol art critic as we had earlier this season carol and daryl um when we have moments of humanity and and especially i'm i don't know how you could get anything other than just withdrawn pain from maggie and from from daryl and some of these other characters and i i think so that i think that's also part of my frustration is that i'm not looking forward to three more episodes, four more episodes with the characters, you know, darkened by the gritty reality that anyone could die at any minute. Yeah. I hope well, there's a time jump. That would well, be nice. The, the problem with the show, and we've talked about this several times in the podcast is there isn't an end game. There's no goal. There's no cure as far as we know. So it's basically just a day of watching people try to survive a zombie apocalypse. It's sort of like that. that that's the whole problem with the show. When you don't have that end goal, like, but at the same time, they do have the comic book to draw from, which is already at 134 issues. And I can't tell you without spoiling anything that it does find ways to sort of create a community. And it's going to be interesting to see how the show evolves compared to the way the stories have evolved in the comic book. For, for me, I, I guess uh, my biggest disappointment with Beth dying is I actually really did like her character. And I, I like the fact that we've seen her grow. And we talked about this in, I think, last week's episode on the podcast is when you get characters like Eugene, Beth, and Carol, like way back in, I'm talking about Carol and Beth way back in season one and two, those are the characters that they can really work with. They can really build those characters and they have to learn how to survive and become strong people and cope with emotions and death and so on and so forth. And when you take away a character like that, then I don't know, like, who do we have left? We have Carol, but I... I I just don't see Carol sticking around much longer. I actually thought that if they were going to kill somebody, it would be Carol, despite the fact that they go through so much trouble to get her back. Um, but the problem with her dying also is it's just what she does. I, I kind of would have liked to have seen her maybe outsmart Dawn 
like or saved the day and or i don't know it just it was just weird like i'm not entirely sure why she stabbed her yeah well that's something i think that's a failure in execution in their their scenes because i couldn't necessarily tell you what all i was supposed to be getting from beth in those scenes like what her progression over the course of the episode is it doesn't seem to me like this should be what she's seeing with dawn shouldn't be something like a new concept in the zombie apocalypse but then again she was at the farm for quite a long time so well it's supposed to be tied into noah somehow um and i feel like i feel like if we'd gotten one more episode at the hospital to build out their relationship with beth and noah it it would have worked better Mm -hmm. but yeah it's just like it relies to like the thing I liked about the hospital arc was that it, it sort of suggested the menace of the place and let you draw your own conclusions. This relies too much on you drawing your own conclusions. Like those emotional moments really need to land to be successful, particularly in this show. And, and the connection between Beth and Noah was too assumed to really work. Her character was so strange. Like the way it like it kind of, I kind of felt like the writers weren't exactly sure what they wanted to do with Dawn. Like they tried to give this impression that she's actually a good person. And then as Beth points out at one point in the episode that she's willing to do good things and keep her hands clean only because people are doing the dirty work for her. So technically she's not as good hearted as she likes to appear to be. But then we get like this weird scene in which she's on, uh, she's like exercising Okay, considering how valuable electricity is, like, why in the world would she be exercising when she's on the exercise bike? And then we get a scene in which she's, like, really tough, and she seems like the kind of person that can actually just kill someone for no reason. And we get a scene which gives us a completely different impression of who she is. So the writing of her, for me, was scattered. I mean, the whole hospital, like, even, like, the fact that the cop, LaCarrie, who's the guy to try to kill Daryl in last week's episode, he kind of doesn't even, like, react. He kind of... It's like he becomes the good guy at the end of the episode. I was just like, what? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. And then the other guy who gets who gets run over by Rick, although, by the way, that was an amazing scene, I think. Um, he was supposed to be the good guy, and he ends up doing, like, the stupid thing. So it was just weird. Like, I, that's why the hospital sequence didn't work for me, because we do get Noah, and we do get the doctor. And I think those two characters are really well fleshed out and written. But the rest of them, like, when it came to the cops, I'm not entirely sure if the writers knew what to do with those characters. Yeah, and again, that ties in with this the the amount they wanted to leave the hospital, like Tab was saying, up up to our imagination, because you don't know how much is it, because you don't really, we don't have a clear sense of Dawn's state of mind and how accurate her perception is, or how accurate the like the the few scenes we get with Noah or the Doctor about you know talking about Dawn, and so we don't know if there's a few bad cops that she's letting you know do whatever they want, like like uh, was it Gorman, um, or or if this is a significant issue. I mean, having, having her use a, an electric um, stationary bike rather than, you know, one that doesn't require electricity, which there obviously are many options they had. So having her use an electric exercise bike, I thought was a very interesting choice. uh, And, and one that completely contradicts her behavior in, in some of these other scenes, but I don't know that it's um, necessarily an out-of-character thing. It, she could easily be trying to convince herself that she means well when she's confronting the other cop and saying, you were laughing at that poor old girl who got raped. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, the person you allowed to be assaulted and gave over to this horrible rapist. Um, there's clearly a contradiction there that the character doesn't want to see and that the show is exploring. 
But again, to kind of beat a dead horse here, I really think that they failed in, in, I, I don't know how much the show is aware of the contradictions and the character. I don't know where that blend, you know, where, where it blends and where it comes apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's the problem. It, 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 it's like you're saying, it, it could be true to the character, like who she is, but we just don't see enough of her to really kind of like understand her. Uh, to some degree, yes. But, I mean, it's all about the idea that there are no good people in this world anymore. There's no bad people. There's no good people. It's just people that are trying to survive, and they do what they feel is needed in order to survive. And so they justify their actions. And some people justify their actions by doing horrible things, uh, and some of them not. But, like, even a guy like Rick Grimes, like I said, who's the leader of our group, he's going around and, like, shooting people. I don't usually watch A Talking Dead, but I did watch A Talking Dead this week. And they actually made a really good point that if if you tuned in to watch The Walking Dead for the first time on that episode, you would actually think that Rick Grimes and his his people are actually the bad guys. You know what I mean? Like if you had never seen any previous episodes. Well, there's definitely some distinct parallels being drawn between Rick and and uh, the other the, the people in the hospital. I mean, having him run the, the one uh, officer over at the beginning is a direct callback to Carol, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I was curious if you guys have any thoughts, um, and Todd, I guess I'll go to you first on the, the look that we get from, from Rick as he shoots the cop in the head. And, you know, I think if they want to play it inscrutable, they can. I was seeing a smile. What did you see in that moment? Um, I, I guess I feel like the show's greatest problem is always going to be that, that Rick Grimes is perpetually its weakest character and i like i literally am more interested than in everybody than rick at this point but andrew lincoln is good at playing that sort of weird middle ground between like sadism and and genuine like trying to defend my people so i I guess i feel like in that moment the show is is once again playing that note but it's because it's it's the one note it knows how to play, and I think I think we're just going to go probably back to another eight episodes of Rick, you know, wondering how far he'll be pushed to protect his little clan. Um, and this is making me sound far more negative about the show than, than I than I really want to be. But um, the I think probably a reason the show never has great finales is because it has to reorient Rick at the center of the story, and and Rick is less interesting than his own son at this point. Well, the problem is a lot of times the show does what's convenient for the plot or the story or, or the actual scene. So, for example, uh, Abraham shows up at the last minute to save Judith, Michonne, and Gabriel and Carl with the fire truck. And they also arrive at the hospital at the very moment Daryl walks out carrying Beth in his arms. But it goes even farther than that because with, with Rick Grimes, like it's convenient for him to people when the show needs him to kill people. And if the show doesn't need his character to actually shoot someone in the head, then they won't have him do it. So that's, that's my problem with the character of Rick Grimes. And um, I think, I think if you want to defend his actions, I think at this point in time, because of all the shit that that that's happened to them, he's not willing to take any more chances. He's no longer willing to take a risk. So the guy ran, he gave him a warning. I think he even gave him a second warning. He didn't listen. He shot him in the head. So I, I kind of get it, but I still do think that the writers use him in a way that's convenient for the actual plot. So does that make any sense? Yeah. Um, I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, but you look at Walking Dead and it's, it's starting to split into 
like several different shows. Like the Scott Gimple years are very different from the other years of the show. And what's really interesting about it is if you look at that first, second season cast, the carryover is very minor. It's basically Rick and Carl. Like when Frank Darabont cast his show, he had no idea Carol and Daryl were going to be such such major things. I, I guess I forgot Glenn. So it's it's like Glenn and then Carl and, and, and Rick. And, um, he, you know, that's sort of true to the comic where they keep bringing in more and more characters. And, of course, like Michonne is a figure from the comic and, and Tyrese is a figure from the comic. But, like, I have never seen a show that has revamped its cast this thoroughly. Like, people compare this show to Lost a lot. But even on Lost, which killed a lot of characters, they had that core group of people from the first season who carried through the whole show. Like The Walking Dead, if you tune, if you somehow watched the the first two, three episodes, then time traveled to last night and watched this episode, you would f- almost feel like you were watching a different show. Yeah, and it's funny too because there are characters who are alive in the book that are now dead, and there's characters who died early in the book that they kept alive for quite a long time in the TV show. And uh, I say, I I say this each and every single week. I think the one character who they cannot kill or will not kill is Carl. Uh, I think they can kill Rick Grimes, maybe in like the last episode, say the way they would kill someone in like breaking bad, like the main character of breaking bad. But I don't think they would actually kill Carl because Carl is the reason why Rick Grimes is motivated to stay alive. It's all about Carl. I mean, sure, he has Judith, but he hasn't really even formed sort of like a a strong bond with the baby. I mean, he hardly ever holds her. But um, I don't know. I I can see them killing off just about anyone, including Daryl. Maybe not anytime soon, but eventually they could maybe kill off Daryl. But, of course, Rick Grimes is the protagonist. He's a central character, so they can't kill him. But Carl's the one who I really want to see more work on. Like, I think they need to work on his character because I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. I think he's going to stay till the very end of the series. And so they need to start focusing on, on Carl, I think. I think I think the be- I agree that Carl is, is probably the one character who's safe. I think the best thing they could do is kill Rick. Like, I think that would make the show – like, that would – instantly cement the show as like my favorite thing ever. And like, I don't care who they replace him with. Like I would watch this show being about like Michonne leading a ragtag band. I watched the show being about Abraham leading a bag to ragtag band of survivors. I think killing Rick would be like, it would be an amazing thing to do. I totally agree. Well, the other thing that I, I don't know if they could pull it off, but I think it would be amazing would be if they did a substantial time jump and just went straight on, apocalyptic with it because you know you mentioned judith and at the the pace that this show goes we will never have a connection with little ass kicker because she'll be a baby for the next five seasons she'll be like in swaddling basically with the because it's supposed to have been what like two years maybe since the zombie apocalypse started and we don't know how long of that you know rick was in a coma so uh or i'm sure maybe we do but i don't know i don't remember uh so so it's been we're in season five, but it's not been that long in their lives. So Judith is not going to become a significant figure for a very long time. So no. I would kind of love to see them just like, you know, what wait wait for Carl, the actor who plays Carl, to get like a significant growth spurt, and when he starts just shooting up Walt style on Lost, they just jump five years in the future, six well, years in the future. 
the thing is they they can't and won't jump ahead five years in the future because they would be they wouldn't be incorporating all of these like storylines from the comic book but more so it's because now they have the spin-off show so of course they're never going to do that like i would say okay maybe they could you know change the whole entire show from a comic book and fast forward five years in the future and that would be interesting but they won't because now they have a spinoff show i still think that they should have killed the baby i think the baby is kind of like no offense useless to the show i mean she's a baby and even if the show lasts like a, a, a eight more years she's only going to be eight years old you know what i mean she's not she's never going to be an interesting character um and so i just i'm not entirely sure why they decided to not kill off judith especially when they tried so hard to make viewers believe that she actually died i think that was a big mistake i was reading an interview with robert kirkman and he said that the one episode he regretted was the season one finale episode six and he hates that episode and i understand why he hates that episode because it gives a lot of clues as to what's happening around the world and sorry and there's some foreshadowing of what you're going to get later on I, I don't know. I still think the biggest mistake they, that they've ever made was keeping that baby alive. It just does not make any sense. It's like, I don't know if I should say this, but there's a character, a main character who loses his arm in the comic book and they didn't want to do it for the TV show for several reasons, one of which is budget. But I can understand a kind of decision, but I don't understand why they would reverse things and keep the baby alive here. What do you think, Todd? I don't know. Like, I feel like there are things you can do in a comic. There are things you can do in literature. I always come back to the story of the the film Misery. Um, William Goldman tells this brilliantly in his his book. Um, I think it's I, I I don't remember what the name of it is. It's it's the second one he wrote after um, Adventures in the Screen Trade. It's like the sequel to that. But he talks about how when he was he was working uh, on Misery, like he was intent on keeping the scene from the book where Annie Wilkes, uh, I believe cuts off the guy's feet with an ax. And Rob Reiner was like, we, we can't really do that. Cause that is really going to change the tone of the movie we're making. Like seeing certain things depicted is very different from imagining them in your brain. And I feel like, I don't know. I don't think Judith adds anything to the show. I think she's another thing that's just sort of there, that they need to hang on to that, that is from the earlier incarnations of the show. But at the same time, I feel like if they actually kill the baby on screen, it would be just too much for some people. Well, no, but I'm not saying they have to kill the baby on screen, but in that, I, I don't know if it was the mid season finale or the season finale. They actually try to make viewers think that she was dead. And oh yeah. 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 I, 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 I still feel like, like just looking at the reactions of some people, like that would have been too much, like having the baby die, even if it happens like, like sh- sh- way off screen somewhere. Right, but then you have to do something with the baby. Like like it 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 doesn't even seem like she's the reason why people have hope or the reason why these characters are fighting to stay alive. Like no one ever mentions the baby. Like they mentioned Beth and Carol and and Carl and everybody everyone else, but not really the baby. The baby's always kind of like in the background. So it's kind of weird. No, we did get a nice moment with the baby. We got it with uh, Abraham toasting everyone and Rick saying, "Well, Baby Judith says we're going, so I guess we're going. And that was adorable and delightful and uh, one of the shining moments of levity in the season. Um, something that definitely worked. But, uh, yeah, it would be one thing if they could have – because I agree with you guys, I don't think Carl's going anywhere. That means that Judith is not going anywhere because the only way they could write off Judith would be to have Rick take her off into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and Rick's not going anywhere without Carl and Judith isn't going, you know, Carl's not going anywhere without Judith. So, you know, they're all kind of together. Uh, Todd, what do you think is more likely them killing off Rick or jumping into the future? I think they're more likely to kill Rick than mm-hmm. jump pretty far into the future. Like, um, I'm blanking on the name of the actor who plays Carl, but, um, he, like he, even, you know, when he goes through a growth spurt and, and really hits puberty, he's not going to look five years older. Like, mm. I just, I don't think logistically they can do it. And also then they add in the fact that they're going to have to cast a five-year-old to play Judith. <laughs> and like, they're just going to have to keep finding new five-year-olds because of the the pace the, the series moves at. I could see them doing like a year's time jump, um, but I, I don't think they could do that that big of one. And no, I... I really, in the back of my head, and this may be a case of me wishing for something to happen when it clearly isn't going to, but I I really think they're going to kill Rick, like, long before the show ends. Interesting. Well, it's that notion with the revolving cast that just makes me think of something like Law & Order or ER. Um, the notion of The Walking Dead as, the, as a horror anthology series, direct parallel to something like Twilight Zone or, or X-Files, um, in the horror genre, instead of something like American Horror Story, is really interesting to me. So now I'm gonna have to go think about that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, I I remember like back way back in like season two, I always said it would have been better if they had kept Shane alive and killed off Rick. I, I think it would be a far more interesting show. And I do like the actor that played Shane way better than like Andrew Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln's great; he's good for what he does, but uh, he's not the most talented actor on this show. So I I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens. Do we have any thoughts on Morgan? Confusion? Because he's following, like, a trail, right? And I'm not entirely sure, like, who's leaving behind the trail. Like, is it just a happy coincidence that he stumbles upon the map and realizes that he's actually following Rick? Is Rick leaving behind the marks on the trees and the wall? Like, I'm a little confused about that. How did he not catch up to them already is what I want to know. I don't know. They've been stationary for a while. Maybe he's keeping his distance because he knows that they're only surrounded by death and misery. <laughs> but the thing is, when he picks up the map and he sees Rick Grimes, like he sees the name written on the map, to me, the impression, like the what we see in his face, like his facial expression is a smile. And so I kind of feel like he was surprised and he did not realize he was following Rick Grimes. But in previous episodes, it kind of felt like he was always following them. Yeah. At least, yes. though, he touched back with Morgan. I think we needed to, before, you know, if they weren't going to have him come into play, then we needed to get another little tag with him. So um, hopefully when we do get him um, interacting with, with the main cast, I'm assuming in the, the second half of the season, that will pay off, you know, what we, the teases we've had here. Do we have any other thoughts on this episode or um, uh, on uh, the, the half season? Um. I, I hope it goes whole hog with this anthology drama thing because uh, I, I do think the show's weakness is sort of in its serialized storytelling because it can only tell one or two different stories in zombie land. Um, but I also hope they go to Washington. Like, I feel like Eugene's surmise that maybe there's something left in Washington isn't a bad one. And that gives them a goal. And I think the show definitely helps to have a goal. Um, I, I really do think that the half season is one of the best stretches that we've seen of The Walking Dead so far. I really do think it's a great season. It's just 
cursed with a poorly executed mid-season finale, but it's one episode. And so, you know, we still have about eight more episodes left in the season. So I'm hopeful they're going to keep doing a good job. I think Scott Gimple is, um, is, is a far better showrunner than, than Glenn Mazzara. No offense to Glenn Mazzara. I think he did some really good and interesting things, but Scott and Gimple, like I just, I don't know. I, personally prefer the structure of this season and the way he pairs down a lot of the characters and focuses on fewer characters in most of these episodes. And um, I don't know, I was going to kind of make a wish list, but my wish list is kind of ruined because I watched a talking dead uh, last night. And I know, I, I know, I know that they're going to bring a certain character into the show who I was kind of wishing for. So. Oh, from the comics. We talked about this like a few weeks ago, how, how there was a few people online that were, were, we're, th- or we're theorizing that Daryl is gay. And then, so we talked about this a few weeks ago and then I was reading up on it and then I was like, wow, it would be really cool if he is gay and they're already bringing a gay character because there's a gay character in the comic book. And uh, Robert Kirkman confirmed yesterday on the show that they will be bringing in that character very soon. So I'm assuming probably like next year. Interesting. Um, I would say um, as far as Thoughts on this on the season? You say it's probably the best stretch. I say I say it's definitely the best stretch um, this half season. And I was uh, very pro the first half or the second half of last season, the earlier part of the calendar year, as well. But um, you know, last week I was more negative than uh, than, than you, Ricky, and um, and this week, you know, I'm not on. You know, obviously, I'm not a big fan, but the the other six episodes of this half season, I think, have been very successful, and they are certainly going. Um, the the structure, like you say, Todd, is leading interesting places, and if they continue with the pacing that they set up in the first, you know, six episodes of this season, and and some of these other decisions, then you know, like you say, it's it's so helpful for them to have a goal or have to have a purpose. You know, it doesn't need to be saving the world. It can just be, hey, I've always wanted to go to Houston or, you know, I hear Portland's great this time of year. If they have a reason to go somewhere, that is more interesting to me than just wandering around in a malaise and saying, we're the dead, um, the way that the show seems to love them to do. Um, and I just my hope for the next half of the season is if if uh, Gabriel's going to be around, I, I need him to become interesting. I need him to become something other than a retread of a character we've seen before, or at least a, a series of experiences we've seen most of these characters already process and go through. Um, and fingers crossed when Eugene wakes up, he's just as funny as he was uh, when he, or for the rest of this season. Mm-hmm. Well, Todd, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, where can our listeners find you in your work online? Uh, you can find me at Vox.com. I write a couple things there every day, so I'm hard to miss. Um, and uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Twitter.com slash TVOTI. My podcast is TV on the Internet. I think we're at TVOTI.net. We are on hiatus, but we'll be back. Um, and I am really waiting for the episode of this show where they put on, like, an amateur talent show. Because it's things have calmed down, so like everybody, you know, gets together their band, and there's like a tap dancing number. Really looking forward to that. <laughs> See, you, I just got the um, the the slings and arrows theme song out of my head, 
yesterday, and now it's back with the mention of Amdrams. Uh, this show, I feel like this show promised me a wedding episode that didn't happen. Um, and I know, uh, Ricky, you've requested a Christmas episode. Yeah. You want to see um, a, either a walker in a Santa suit or some form of, you know, holiday hijinks. Mm-hmm. I think an Amdram, a holiday Amdram performance could fit in beautifully with that, with that notion. But though with Beth dead, it seems less likely. She seems like the one who would make that happen. So we'll have to get somebody else rising up to the, to the challenge. (laughs) I think Michonne is probably like secretly like a party planner. Like secretly she ran the fun committee at her workplace. Like, yeah, but I could see it happening. I could see Michonne rocking some jazz hands. (laughs) Ricky, where can we find you online? Um, on Twitter, sound on site. Of course, uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Tumblr. Apologies to the listeners once again for not having my usual energy. I'm just really sick. And uh, do listen to our Sorted Cinema movie podcast in which we review the best genre films each and every single week. We actually just reviewed what I think is the two best horror films of the year. And you can find me on Twitter at The Televerse. The Televerse is the weekly TV podcast that I co-host with Simon Howell over at Sound on Sight going out every Tuesday or Wednesday morning, uh, depending on the hour. And um, and you can you know find some of my work over at Sound on Sight, reviews there, as well as over at the AV Club. But mostly just hit us up on uh, – Hit me up on Twitter, and I look forward to hearing everyone's thoughts about uh, this half of the season and who's going to you know, do which dramatic reading in the inevitable. Because when we say things on the, this podcast, Todd, I don't know if you're aware, but when we request stuff on this podcast, or more specifically when Ricky, when, when Ricky does, it happens to an eerie Always. extent. Yeah, I look forward to our listeners' thoughts on who's going to do which dramatic readings or which musical numbers, etc. because I think that needs to happen now. That sounds delightful. Um, so, mm-hmm. Todd, thank you again uh, for coming on. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This uh, Walking Dead is going on hiatus, so we are going on hiatus, but we will be back in February to talk about the mid-season premiere, uh, which does not yet have a title, but is written by uh, will be written by Scott Gimple and directed by Greg Nicotero, and that's in February. So we'll be back then. Thank you all for listening. For summer, and we'll buy a beard, a shotgun, and we'll lay in our lawn, and we'll be good. The uh, place is nailed up tight. to the front door. What are you doing? This is the comfiest bed I've had in years. Really? I ain't kidding. Just go ahead and play some more. Keep singing. I thought my singing annoyed you. There ain't no jukebox, though.